Welcome to the Man Talk Show. I'm Connor Beaton. And today on this midweek mini episode, I'm going to dive into a topic that many of you have been asking for over the last few months, which is to take a bit of a deep dive into shadow work. So I'm going to outline what the shadow is. I'm going to talk about what shadow work is. In there, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of why shadow work is so important because I fundamentally believe that every single human being should do shadow work at some point. And there's many different access points to do shadow work. Um, I'm going to be talking mostly today about the perspective of Carl Jung, who is uh, was a, a Swiss psychiatrist who was the founder uh, of this concept. He was a creator, the curator of the, the, the shadow archetype. And I'm actually going to start off with some of his words. So here we go. The shadow is a moral problem. The challenge is the whole ego personality. For no one can become conscious of the shadow without considerable moral effort. To become conscious of it involves recognizing the dark aspects of the personality as present and real. This act is the essential condition for any kind of self-knowledge. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about what the shadow is. In many ways, uh, the shadow is the parts of us that we tend to reject or deny or avoid. It's the parts of us that we don't want other people to see. It's the parts of us that we don't want our partner to see. It's the the part of us that that comes out when you get into conflict and you start to become reactive, right? So you can think of a time when you flew off the handle at someone for no real reason. Maybe it was your partner, maybe it was a friend, a family member, somebody in traffic. That's the shadow, right? That that out of character part of you, that anomaly that shows up, that sabotages you right before performance, right before a big meeting, right before uh, intimacy, that is when your shadow comes in and is in control, right? So envy, jealousy, rage, lust, the desire for power, anything that you really don't want to admit as belonging to you gets stuffed into the shadow. And so the shadow is really sort of like the Dr. Jekyll to your Mr. Hyde, right? It's the, it's the part of you that comes with you everywhere, but that often gets hidden from the people around you. So things that you don't like about yourself, belief systems that you don't want people to know that you have, um, unhealthy habits that you have, all of these types of things, right? Repressed sexual desires, um, suppressed emotions. A lot of this goes into the dark side of the personality. And as Jung said, everyone carries a shadow. And the less it is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. If an inferiority is conscious, one always has a chance to correct it. Furthermore, it is constantly in contact with other interests, so that it is continually subjected to modifications. But if it is repressed and isolated from consciousness, it never gets corrected. Whew. Okay, so what is he saying there? He's saying that everyone has a shadow. Everyone that you come in contact with on a day-to-day basis is going to have gone through something in life where they felt embarrassed, they felt diminished, they felt pain, they felt suffering in some capacity, they felt separate or isolated or lonely or rejected or jealous or envious. And those 
those uh, moments in their lives or those those belief systems that they have adopted start to form this other part of the personality that is called the shadow. So we all have it, right? We all have it within us. And what Jung is really stressing here is that our work is to make that darkness conscious, is to actually go into these dysfunctional aspects of ourselves, to enter into the cave willingly, right? As as, uh, Joseph Campbell talks about in The Hero's Journey, at some point in everyone's life, they will enter into what's been referred to as a dark night of the soul or entering into the cave. And they'll have to face a dragon or a demon. And in many ways, when we enter into ourselves, when we go on, when we embark on the journey of self-discovery and self-understanding, when we are looking to lead ourselves better so that we can more effectively lead in our relationship, lead in our life, lead in our business, our careers, our health, our finances, what we inevitably find is that there is an active part of us. <laughs> and this is the wild part. There is an active part of us that is trying to sabotage us, that is trying to hold us back, that has literally made a living, okay? And I mean that in its most literal sense. Your shadow is alive and living because of these dysfunctional beliefs and habits and ways of being. Now, why does the shadow exist? Okay, how does the shadow come into creation? Let's say, for example, that you were a child that grew up in a household with a little bit of verbal abuse. All right, so you heard things like, you're stupid or you're dumb or like, what are you, an idiot? And people were constantly commenting. Maybe it was a, a, a parent or a sibling, maybe it was a, a teacher or you know somebody at school that was bullying you. What that's going to do is it's going to shame your intelligence. It's going to diminish your internal capacity and perspective of your own intelligence and the viability of it. But it's also going to create a part of your personality, a part of your persona and identity that believes that that's true. Okay, because many of us in kids, when when we're kids, if you remember being eight or 12 or 16, we didn't have very good defense mechanisms, right? Like kids don't have emotional regulation defense mechanisms. So things that they're told, even if it's a joke, even if it's in passing, oftentimes gets sponged up into their personality because they are in the phase of ego formation. They're in the phase of individuation. And so for everyone, at some point in their life, they felt alone, they felt rejected, they felt embarrassed, they felt uh, you know, other than a group of people or less than a group of people or not worthy enough. And so all of that creates the shadow. So it's not just one event. Trauma can contribute to it. Abuse can contribute to it. But it's not just one singular event that contributes to the shadow. It is a multitude of experiences over the course of your lifetime. So just like over the course of your lifetime, your ego and your identity has had a very long uh, track to form itself, the shadow has had that exact same track to form itself. So the shadow is a very active part that is created through our pain, through our suffering, through all the experiences that we have had where we have felt alone, where we have felt not like other people, where we have felt in some way pain of separateness from other people. 
So that's the shadow. Why is shadow work important? Well, hopefully you've uh, you've kind of got that from from how I described and defined the shadow. But in its simplest form, shadow work helps us to see and meet the parts of our identity that are actively working against us. Okay, it helps us to see and work with the parts that are actively trying to sabotage us, that are actively trying to hold us back, that do not want us to succeed because the shadow is nourished by our demise. It is it is fed off of our setbacks, our failures and our sabotage. (sighs) Okay, so that's the shadow. That's how it's formed. That's why shadow work is important. And now I'm just going to talk a little bit about common shadow behavior. So a few of the unconscious minds, because remember, the shadow resides in the unconscious. It is the unknown, unseen, untouched part of you. You may have gotten glimpses of it, right? If if I haven't given this example already, you know, when you get into conflict with a partner and you say, oh, I I lost it and you've gone unconscious, right? So you, you have literally in that moment, you start to act and behave in ways where if you were grounded in your conscious awareness, if you were thinking straight, as we say, you would never say those things to a loved one or to a family member or to a random stranger, right? So the shadow is the part of us that comes up out of the unconscious and impacts and influences our actions. So what are some of the shadow behaviors and and how do we start to work with them? Well, first and foremost, a few of the unconscious mind's most sort of favorite techniques <laughs> to, to prevent cognitive dissonance, and further shadow work um, is the use of a few simple things. So one is social masks. Secondly, it's rationalization. And thirdly is projection. So I'm going to go through each of these individually. So social masks can be the basically just the 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 mask that we put on right the the good guy right the nice guy got to fit into this nice guy role i see a lot of nice guys who have a very dense shadow right nice guys that you know on the outside are treating their partners great but are doing horrendous things behind the scenes right they're cheating they're lying they're they're unfaithful they're miserable right they're drinking them drinking their faces off every single night so they'll have a social mask that sort of projects out how they want to be viewed by society but it's a farce for the for the the shadow that's behind the scenes and this kind of duality is very common a lot of the men that i work with Uh, especially nice guys have this wonderful nice guy mask, but then a lot of the stuff behind the scenes is their shadow in action. And this is the same for women, right? The good girl, right? That needs to sort of act to this social conditioning. Uh, Another favorite tool of the shadow is rationalization. So the shadow, the unconscious mind can hijack your rational mind and it can rationalize, create rational lies uh, in order to justify your shitty behavior. <laughs> so uh, like, oh, I was, you know, I was just, I was so drunk and that's why I did that. Or I like, I got so wasted uh, or I was so high and that's why I said those things. Um, you know, if I, if I wasn't so drunk, I wouldn't have done that. It's like, well, you, you are rationalizing that, you know, your bad behavior or whatever the excuse is, right? So the shadow can hijack the rational mind And if you think about, and this is where I'm going to make this, the rubber hit the road for you. Think about a time in your life where you acted out of integrity, 
where you actively sabotage yourself, where you acted in a way that you regretted after. Now, just very simply think about how you rationalized it. <laughs> think about how you justified it. I know for myself, when I was uh, when I was being unfaithful, when I was lying and cheating in my past relationships, there was always an internal rationalization. I was always rationalizing it. So lastly, the, one of the favorite tools of the shadow is projection, right? So we will project onto other people. Uh, we'll project onto other people. So like all, all, you know, all men want is sex. They, no one, no one, none of them want to be committed, right? Or uh, all, all women want is, is money. They're just all gold diggers, right? So they'll project, your shadow will project onto other people a narrative and a story and a belief that will help to keep you stuck. Okay, finally, a few shadow behaviors. One, pointing out, uh, pointing out other people's, pointing out other people's insecurities and flaws that are often mirrors of our own. So this again is projection coming into action, right? We'll look at other people and we'll start to, in our heads or out loud, make fun of them, point out their insecurities, point out their flaws, but they're actually just a mirror of our own. Secondly, is having a very short temper with with people that we view as being less than or subordinate to us in some way, shape, or form. Now, I see this happening a lot in relationships where people get into a relational dynamic where they view the other person in some capacity to be less than them. And it justifies their anger, it justifies their resentment, it justifies their contemptuous uh, behavior or words against them. Another one is playing the victim all the time. So the shadow loves to play the victim. And these are a few of the parts of the shadow. So your inner critic, part of the shadow, your inner victim, part of the shadow, your inner rebel, part of the shadow. So these three lovely little archetypes uh, are, are parts of the shadow that will actively come up. And what I found is that most people can access the shadow through their inner critic. The victim is a little bit harder to recognize because it's a little bit more, uh, it's just a little bit more cloaked in secrecy, right? Because it feels good most of the time when we are getting to play the victim. Uh, so lastly, lastly, how to identify shadow behavior is reactivity. Your reactivity is really a neon sign pointing towards the shadow. So shadow work is really the, the work in its simplest form of getting to learn your reactivity, of starting to understand the victim in you, of meeting the inner critic that's constantly sabotaging you, of starting to work with all these different archetypes. And lastly, of going back into your past and not only understanding the different parts of your life that have created huge components of the shadow, right? So starting to work with maybe some of the neglect, abuse, or abandonment, or some of the bullying, or some of the failures that you've experienced, whether those failures were given to you or you caused them, right? So that's that's another one. So going back into the past and, and really looking at the pain that you've been given and the pain that you've dished out and starting to come to terms with some of that, starting to learn how to forgive, starting to integrate some of these belief systems that have been unconscious and, and, and unconsciously sabotaging you. So shadow work, really good shadow work is something that needs to be guided often by someone else because it's very challenging for us to see into our own shadow. 
So that's my that's my breakdown of shadow work. And there's so much more that I could go into. I, I think I could do like a two hour talk on this. Um, I'm going to be talking a lot more about the shadow because this is one of my favorite things to talk about. And it is something that I believe every single person should do. So stay tuned because soon I'm going to break down the shadow a little bit more. I'm going to go into the inner critic, go into the victim. I'm going to have some uh, work for all of you to do so that you can sort of self-study and self-reflect on some of these pieces. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to have more coming out on this. So if you have specific questions about the shadow, how to identify your own, um, feel free to hit me up at man talks on Instagram. Uh, please do share this episode with just, just one person. This might be a great podcast to share with a partner or a friend or family member. And, uh, just to spark some dialogue between the two of you. So thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Connor Beaton signing off.